Your hosts are here, Sammy and Michelle. By the end of this podcast, you'll know them well. Adulting, navigating the journey of life. Careers to relationships, pain and strife. Put down the rule book. Rethink the status quo. If there's another direction you want to go, find purpose, passion and mastery in all that you do with Status Post Adulting. Hey, Status Post Adulting fam. This is Sammy and Michelle. And you're listening to the 27th episode of Status Post Adulting, where we are talking about compound interest. But first, let me check in with my co-host, Michelle. How are you doing, Michelle? Oh, you know. I'm doing a lot better, actually. In regards to coronavirus. For those of you who haven't listened to last week's episode, Michelle has COVID. Yes. I'm vaccinated. I have COVID. And I think today or tomorrow will be my last day of isolation. So definitely excited to be reunited with the world. And thank you, Anyone who reached out to me last week to check in after hearing the podcast, I definitely really appreciate it. Appreciate all my friends and the thoughts, the prayers, all of that, because definitely a lot of collateral damage for a lot of people. And also apologies to anybody who randomly texted me last week, and I was a little bit of Little Miss Doomsday. <laughs> I wasn't the most peppy, positive person to talk to last week. I don't know, I had a lot of friends who had birthdays last week, and so it was a lot of Hey, happy birthday. Oh, how are you? I have COVID-19. I have the vaccine and the world is ending. So yeah, if you um, got a little bit of that last week, thank you for putting up with me. And as always, wear a mask. And thank you to our parents and sometimes me for always bringing Michelle food. We now know that Michelle has a coffee addiction. Oh my God, this is the worst. Literally, like, she gets a coffee when she wakes up in the morning, and then two hours later, she wants another coffee. And we had to put a limit on it. Yeah, because I was in isolation, Sammy and my parents were bringing me up my meals and food so I wouldn't go downstairs and contaminate everything. And they were withholding coffee from me, which was so cruel. Though I really appreciate my family and their support and making me food and soup and all of that. (laughs) Yeah, today is... Technically, Michelle's last day of isolation, but I said that she should still remain in the room given how productive her cough is. But I said it's okay for her to come down occasionally with a mask on. And she has been sneaking down there to get coffee all the time. We see her pass by. It's majorly sketch. I know. My dad totally snitched on me. (laughs) Did you just get stitches, Baji? You guys have a real interest in my coffee habits. Great point, Michelle. Great point. An excellent transition. Today, we're going to be talking about compound interest. We all learn about it to some degree at some point, but I don't think it's until you start accumulating wealth due to compound interest that you appreciate the magical powers of this. Totally, Sammy. Coming into this topic, it almost seems a little black and white, where it's like you either know what compound interest is or you don't. And by the end of this podcast, our goal is to explain what it is. But really what we want to do is also highlight some of the magic behind it and why so many people out there will talk about compound interest, even though it seems like a pretty simple concept. Yes, Michelle. And I will say that looking into it this week, I realized that the concept really can be quite complex. Yeah, the math is not easy. Yes, they were bringing up logs. I'm like, I did not get involved with the log in a long time, you know? 
luckily there's compound interest calculators, so you don't really have to worry about that. And we are not going to go that in-depth with compound interest. We're going to stick to the most important things to know, which is you want the compound interest on your side. Right, right, right. Chuck's red sheet away. <laughs> As Albert Einstein says, possibly said. Allegedly said. Everybody says they think Einstein said this, but we didn't actually find where he said this. Just full transparency. Thank you, Michelle. Compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. Those who understand it, make it. And those who don't understand it, pay it. And that's the episode. Thanks so much, guys. <laughs> As someone who has a large amount of student loans, I very much appreciate, no pun intended, this concept. <laughs> <laughs> student loans compound. It says annually, but they really divide the interest by 365. And then technically it compounds daily. And... That means that not only do you pay interest on the original amount, but whatever accrues interest, you pay interest on both that and the additional interest that you accrued. And this keeps happening over and over again until you get your shit together. Sammy, that's a great example. I think taking a step back, what is compound interest? Interest in general is the money that you receive from the money that you are saving or investing. So if you put $1,000 into the bank, a lot of banks have a small, small, small savings rate and you will gain money from your money. If you invest in the stock market, you might be getting a return and that's the interest that you're receiving. If I lend Sammy $100, I might say, hey, here's $100. I'm happy to lend it to you. But when you pay me back, you have to pay me back 5% interest which means that she has to give me the $100 and the 5% on top of that. And that would be an example of simple interest because I only have to pay on the $100 that you lent me. Let's say it was a 5% interest that compounds annually and I didn't pay you the first year and then I end up with a total of $105. Then the next year, I'm going to have to pay 5% of the $105, not just 5% of the $100. Exactly, Sammy. The biggest difference between, say, compound interest and simple interest is that that percent interest rate is taken from not only the original amount, but also what you accrued in that, say, year time period. So back to Sammy's example, if I lend her $100 and she doesn't pay me back the first year at all, then the next year she would owe me $105. If she still doesn't pay me back after that second year, she owes me 5% more of $105, not the original amount, $100. Exactly, Michelle. And the frequency at which things compound can vary. Yeah, Sammy, I have a really good example for this because... I've mentioned in previous episodes, a lot of my financial strategy early on, longer than I like to admit, was just saving my money, which is good when I had an emergency account, but I didn't really know what to do after that. So I just kept saving and saving and saving. I looked it up and my bank where I used to keep most of my savings had a wonderfully low 0.01% interest rate. 0.01%. If I just put $1,000 into my bank, after five years, I would have $1,000 and 50 cents. 50 cents. I'm so happy for you. To contrast that, 
If I had put that $1,000 in an index fund and was receiving the average of about 8% back by the end of five years, I would have $1,469.33. So almost a $500 difference, a huge difference. I gained 50 cents in the first example from my savings account. You said $1,050 and then the second one is $1,400. Yeah, basically. It's crazy. It's really crazy. And it gets crazier. And that's, that's you know, if I don't put any other money into it, that's just I put $1,000 and I don't touch it for five years. Exactly. You know, of course, we have to keep some money a little bit more liquid than the stock market. That's why a savings account is a reasonable option. But if you're trying to grow your money, which most people are, it's not really a great idea to keep all your investments in a savings account. Exactly, Sammy. And in this case, I wasn't even using a high yield savings account. Like I like this bank a lot because I've always had a positive customer service experience with them. But as soon as I started to learn about the difference between a savings rate of 0.01% versus some that are 1%, not great still, but obviously there's a big delta there. You make a great point, Michelle. You know, I once heard YG, the rapper, say, my Bank of America account got six figures. And... I thought, oh, no, 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 you don't. No, you don't put that in here. I know you probably have a lot of money and six figures may not be a lot for him. That might be his six-month emergency fund. (laughs) That's why he's bragging. He's like, my emergency fund is six figures. I would still not put my emergency fund in a Bank of America account because you can at least get like 1% or 1.5% in a high-yield savings account. Call me YG, I can help you. Right. Some people, when it comes to the stock market, they don't even like to call it compound interest because that's how fancy it is. They like to call it compounding returns because unlike a savings account where it has a regular amount of time where you get the interest, the stock market is kind of always active. When we give an estimated rate of return or an estimated interest rate, we're basing it on the average performance of the stock market over time. And typically that's around 8 to 10%. If you look at it just one year at a time, there's going to be some years like the past year where it'll be super high, like 36%. That's not going to happen forever. Who knows, maybe. But that may not happen forever. But overall, if you look from the beginning of the stock market to now, average is around 8 to 10%. That's a big deal. An example I like is, let's say we have a 20-year-old, they came out of college, And they've saved up some money because they were able to do some good things, get their college paid for and things. And they started working and they actually have $20,000 saved up. This person is very diligent. This person was not me. Me neither. (laughs) They put $20,000 into the stock market. Then they kind of f*** around. Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) This is a family-friendly podcast. (laughs) Then they kind of f*** around. They're not really paying attention. They're not really focusing on their money. They're spending a lot. They don't add anything else. At age 65, they would have over $638,000. Now, they have a very responsible friend. This responsible friend is diligent, he's a hard worker, could not invest $20,000 at age 20 because they were in school and on their way to med school. Go to med school, they come out at age 35, and they're like, you know what, I'm going to put $20,000 into the market. And not just that. From every year after that, they're like, I know I'm behind. I'm going to add $3,000 every single year to the stock market as well. At age 65, that person would have $541,000. That's right. They're still almost $100,000 behind the 20-year-old 
who just did a one-time $20,000 drop-in. Sammy, that's a great example for two reasons. One, you changed two major things, which is this person ended up putting in their money 15 years after the first. And two, they are consistently putting more money in. So not only is their money compounding, but they're putting more money into that bank and it's going to compound and compound and compound. However, the best thing that works for you is time when it comes to compound interest. Yes, time in the market is so important. And don't be discouraged if you're not the 21-year-old. We're not either. But the truth is, as soon as you decide that you want to start investing money in and you want to continue investing money into the stock market, it is really important to get on that. Start now. The best time to plant a tree was 100 years ago, the next best time today. The best time to plant a tree was when you were 20 years old and you had come into $20,000. The second best time (laughs) is today. (laughs) You shouldn't have been planting a tree then. You should have been investing in the stock market. (laughs) You can also plant a tree then too if you'd like. It's funny because it's so easy to be discouraged to hear, if I had been putting money into literally anything um, that had interest at a younger age or into the market, I could be making so much more money. The truth is, is that if you get too weighed down by that mentality, you're not going to get started today, which is really what's most important. For yourself, if you have children, for anybody you know, if you get started sooner rather than later, you're already going to be on a better track than if you never made the change. That's a really great point, Michelle. Knowing about compound interests can help us in everyday life too. In fact, there's always opportunities for us to be smarter about our money every single day. For me, I always think about this example. There are some fancy scrubs that are being marketed to healthcare professionals by non-healthcare professionals, I'm sure, and they're about $100. And I think to myself, I could buy these scrubs because they look good, or I could continue wearing my free scrubs. This is why I keep a compound interest calculator on my phone, because I want to say to myself, instead of buying these scrubs, Let's say I invest $100 every year until the average retirement age of 65. How much money would I have? Answer, over $17,000. Wow. That's right. Over $17,000 for scrubs that I didn't need because I got free scrubs and I don't need scrubs being all up on me. Hug me in places I don't need to be hugged. Wow, Sam. It's almost like you're hanging out the side, passenger side of your best friend's drive trying to holler. <laughs> it's almost like those scrubs. <laughs> I am hanging out the side of my best friend's bed <laughs> trying to holler. No, I don't want a scrub, okay? <laughs> I, no, I do not want those scrubs. <laughs> okay, not gonna lie, I'm kind of shook that that was $17,000. Yes, yeah, Amy, every time you put on those scrubs, that's a $17,000 pair of scrubs you're wearing. I'm gonna start telling people that now. These are $17,000 scrubs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you'll continue to be a hit at the workplace. I'm sure all my coworkers will hate me. (laughs) They're like, just let us buy the damn scrub, Sammy. (laughs) No, it's so true, Sam. I think this really comes back to being very clear on what's important to you. When your really trendy coworkers come to you and say, hey, guess what? We got new scrubs. It's in olive green. You have to think, okay, did I want this 10 minutes ago? Do I need this? And what is the opportunity cost? Happened to me last week, and they did look very cute, and they look very cute in them, but I had to say no. Sammy, in preparation for this, I was thinking, too, about people who are in different stages of their financial journey. A lot of people hear this and think, I don't have money, I don't have extra money to put to the side. I get it, compound interest, whatever. 
If you are truly in a season of scarcity, if you are at the beginning of your financial journey, if you are just trying to put together an emergency fund, those sort of things, pay off debt, I definitely encourage that. I did want to explore what it would look like if you wanted to start small. I think sometimes with examples, they'll use like $1,000, $10,000, whatever. So I wanted to take a look at what would happen if you invested $50 a month or $600 a year, because it's easier for me to do that with math. So if you did $600 a year, after five years at an average return of 8%, which is based off of the stock market in the United States, you would have about $4,000. And after 20 years, you would have $30,000. That would be if you're putting in $50 a month for 20 years. And then I did the same thing with $20. So about $240 a year. After 10 years, you would have just under $4,000. After 20 years, you would have $12,000. The crazy thing is, I was running these numbers and I was like, wow, if you just put in $20 into the market every month, you would still have so much money by the end. It was just eye-opening even for me to be able to look at that and say, a little bit goes a long way. Again, you might have competing priorities right now, but if you're somebody who you have the financial security, even if you want to start putting a little in, you will start to see the magic of compound interest. No, I love that example, Michelle. I love it because it's so true. The thing is like a lot of us know about compound interest when we start investing. That's part of the reason we are investing. But when you see the numbers and when you see your net worth go up, it's like almost incomprehensible. And I think part of it is because in the beginning, it's actually harder to make money. Right, like that first hundred thousand is the hardest to make because that involves you contributing the most of your hard-earned dollars. But once you have a hundred, then two hundred thousand dollars is much easier to make. You have the hundred thousand that's gaining interest plus whatever you add, and then by the time you're beyond that, it's like you have two hundred thousand dollars, and that's earning interest. I think that's a really important reason to track your net worth. I just track it on an Excel document. There's personal capital and other apps that you can use. But I just find it so interesting to see how much money can be made without doing work, really. Like, I mean, you obviously take the time to transfer the money from your bank to the stock market. But really, I mean, it's nothing compared to the amount of work that you do at your job. And yet, because of compound interest, you're able to make money without really doing anything. Sammy, that is the key thing. A lot of times when you are listening to things in the personal finance space or reading books about personal finance, what you'll hear is the importance of making your money work for you. And this is literally all they mean. Mm -hmm. They mean that if you put $100 into a vehicle that has a decent percent return, then your money will start to grow without you doing anything. You don't have to be grinding away at a nine to five. You can do it while you're sleeping. You can do it while you shower. Your money will just be working away for you. While you're earning income or doing whatever, living your best life, your money will be continuing to grow. It's not magic. It's not crazy. It's not finding something super sexy and different to invest in. It's really just the power of compound interest. Sammy, I think a really great example of this is I was recently reading about how Jeff Bezos' ex-wife is trying to give away her money that she got in the divorce, which is like billions of dollars. And even though she's given away billions of dollars, 
her net worth has increased. Imagine a billion, you know, we talk, we looked at $10, we looked at $20, whatever. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you have a billion dollars compounding, like freaking Peter Thiel and his IRA. <laughs> <laughs> They're literally making so much money doing nothing. Like she can't give it away fast enough. That's insane. Yeah. God bless her for trying. <laughs> <laughs> if she needs help. <laughs> I, I know a podcast that she can, you know, put some money behind. <laughs> Assuming, you know, I don't know if our clientele of listeners are billionaires. If yes, please reach out. <laughs> but maybe we don't have a billion dollars. Maybe we only have $10, $1,000, $100,000, whatever it is. Do a little bit of research. See what bank is going to give you the highest yield return for your your emergency fund. Validate what we're saying about index funds if you want to. Is the rate of return on index funds actually on average 8%? I actually didn't believe that at first. Michelle doubted me. I doubted Sam. It seemed high. It seemed high, quite honestly. Go do some research. But remember, time is the number one thing you need for compound interest. And maybe that's 10 years for you. Maybe that's 20 years. Maybe you're a little baby listening to our podcast. Oh my God. If you're a little baby listening to our podcast, just start putting in money ASAP. I actually, I think some, I think there are babies that listen to our podcast, if I'm being honest. Like (laughs) while their mom's listening, they're listening, while they're breastfeeding, they're listening. And the little baby's like, mom, do you mind? Um, You know what? I don't need the fancy diaper. Like go off brand and put that money into my IRA because I don't know anything about babies. So that little baby sitting there like, you know what? I'm sitting here taking my 15th nap of the day, but my money's making money for me. Thank you, parents. I, I do like sometimes there'll be on other podcasts like kids that come in their teens and you're just like you just like literally it's amazing because they have to invest like nothing and you know they're going to be millionaires and it's beautiful and i love that yeah i'm not envious of their (laughs) (laughs) their future or their clear skin like whatever (laughs) i said 16 the skin needs work (laughs) (laughs) we have that (laughs) we have that (laughs) with all this positivity about compound interest we have to bring up the negative, which is people using compound interest against you. Credit cards, maybe some car loans. They're all trying to get interest from you. They don't have the best interest in you. They got the best interest for themselves. This is really important when it comes to taking on debt, when it comes to taking on credit card debt, student loans, car notes, all of these things. It's really, really, really important to understand the interest rate And the fact that the longer it takes you to pay these debts off, the more money you're going to end up paying at the end of the day. So instead of making all this money, you're actually accruing more and more debt. Which is why one of the most important things you can do in your financial journey is to first make a plan to tackle your debt. Yes, Michelle, exactly. Everybody's situation is different. Everybody's going to have a different opinion on how quickly debts need to be paid off versus investing and those kind of things. But that is the main reason that I think regardless of which path you take, you definitely want to at least look at how much debt you have, what are the interest rates on those debts before making a decision to not focus on paying them down aggressively. Dave Ramsey says that having debt is a hair on fire situation. And it kind of is because it escalates quickly. Your hair is on fire, then your face is on fire. (laughs) 
I'm guessing that's what he meant by that, you know? I think when people say your hair is on fire, it's like an emergency. It's like a right. turn of phrase. Yeah, because you need to stop, drive, and roll before your face is on fire. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will say for sure. I remember my cousin, shout out, Julie said this to me when I was just hoarding my money, but I wasn't, I like was not paying attention to paying off my student loan. And she made the genius point, which was that I was making less money on my savings remember that 50 cents that I made (laughs) I was making less money on my savings than I was accruing on my student loan debt like it would just make sense to put that money and pay off the loan yeah it makes sense to pay off the loan because that loan is getting bigger and bigger and my money is not growing yes Michelle and I that's a, a thing I hear a lot of the time people are like well student loan debt is low interest debt let me tell you it depends on your loans and you don't have to pay it off so quickly that's that that initial premise is assuming that that money that you would take to pay off your loans instead you're taking it and putting it in another investment vehicle that's going to have a higher interest rate so if you're not paying off your student loans and you're keeping it in a savings account which is not making you any money or spending it all then no not paying off the student loan debt is not the best option for sure student loan credit card loan car loan your rude friend who is charging you a high interest rate i don't know whoever you owe money to (laughs) those mobsters (laughs) (laughs) the mob (laughs) compound interest can work for you or against you and our goal on status with adulting is to help get you on the right side of compound interest so takeaways for this episode is compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. Albert Einstein apparently decided that in between E equals MC square. Which I think is more epic. You know, he was doing a lot of stuff, but he thought this is important <laughs> to point out. <laughs> Amen. He he didn't even memorize his phone number because he thought that was useless. So if he said it, he meant it. Mm-hmm. And I would say another takeaway is track your net worth. Track your investments. See how much they make each month. And I think it is a pleasant surprise. It's a surprise that makes you say, dang, shoot, my money did all that. Meanwhile, my butt was going to work and doing the most to get the least, which is a beautiful thing. It's, a, it's really a beautiful thing. And our last takeaway, Michelle, is if you have debts, take a look at how much each debt is and what's the interest rate on the debts. For some debts, honestly, like student loans right now, it can be kind of tricky to figure out your interest rate if you are not used to it. DM us if you need help. We are here to help you figure out your interest rate too because we want to know what it is because we want those debts gone. We want to thank you guys all for showing compound interest into our podcast, growing interest, growing on top of each other. You just love us every more and more every week, I assume. But in seriousness, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining us. We're here every Tuesday and we love that all of you come back and listen to our podcast. New listeners, welcome. And to everybody, if you know somebody who could benefit from listening to Status Post Adulting, somebody who is ready to take their life from adulting to status post-adulting, please share this podcast. As always, reach out to us on our Instagram at status post-adulting or send us an email statuspostadulting at gmail.com. And if you ever have trouble accessing our show notes, they are available statuspostadulting.com. And most importantly, be sure to join us next time as we put down the rule book and rethink the status quo.